Today I get to interview Tyler Wagner, a man who has helped write over 4,000 books for coaches and all kinds of people out there in the profession. And then as a result of scaling that big business to eight figures a year, launched another business because they recognized that the way they grew that business was through referrals and not through all of this paid advertising. And as a result, has launched another company uh, that is helping people grow their referrals. So Tyler, I mean, you built not one successful business, but two. I'm sure there's probably others as well, but those are obviously the two on the docket for today. So take us into it a little bit. Like, what was it, the catalyst that got you into the book writing field? And I know right now it's kind of a field that's in trouble for a lot of bigger companies have gone belly up or some things have been happening. So, so take yeah. us into it. Yeah. So the story really starts. I was uh, 19 and I read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. And uh, I'm sure you've heard of it. Most entrepreneurs have. So I was 19 in my second year of college and I read the four hour work week and then I realized like college really wasn't for me. Like everything it was going to do for me was not anything that I wanted, right? Like a suit and tie corporate job. So I decided to drop out of college literally like two weeks after reading that book. I, I called my counselor and I was this or I set up a meeting with her and I was like, do you guys have an entrepreneur major? They said they only had like a management major. So I was like, all right, this I'm out. And then what I wanted, what I thought I wanted to do was be a public speaker because like I'm a people person. I actually have a podcast of my own. I've done over 2000 episodes now. I, I, this is like my favorite thing to do actually podcasting. So I, I had known that about myself. So I thought maybe I'll be a public speaker, but you know, I'm 19, $80,000 in debt. Why would anybody pay me to speak? They probably like pay me to leave the conference actually. <laughs> like I have no value to give. So, um, but then what happened is I was like, all right, I'm going to write a book because if I write a book and become an author, people will view me as an authority on that topic and maybe they'll look over my age and actually be willing to pay me to speak. So I, my first book I wrote was Conference Crushing and it's basically, it's literally like how to network at conferences. Um, did pretty well, sold tens of thousands of copies. It hit Amazon bestseller, which we can go deeper into that stuff, but like 12 years ago, Amazon bestseller was like a pretty big deal. Now, a lot of people know it's pretty easy to hack that uh, bestseller algorithm. But, you know, 12 years ago, I didn't even know, you know, like I woke up and it was bestseller and I was like, holy crap, like I'm a best, this is crazy. So either way, once that happened, what my theory, it actually did pan out. Like I was getting paid anywhere from one to three to five K to speak for a, like one hour and open up events. Um, and I would literally speak on the topic of the book. I would open up an event and talk about networking strategies to help the audience basically network better and get the most out of the conference. Um, but what took off quicker is even though I'm like comfortable in settings like this, I get nervous in front of hundreds of people, just the traveling, everything. It wasn't really like honestly fully for me, but I got, I started getting hundreds of messages on Facebook and all these other platforms, emails, even asking me like, how did you write this book? How did you market it? You're only 19. Like I have a book idea. Can you help me? So long story short, after all that is I helped a few friends for free. They gave me video testimonials. I figured out how all the bestseller lists work. Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Amazon. There's a couple others. And 12 years later, we have over 4,000 clients that we've, we've either like helped them write or just market or a combination of both. So that's wow. how I got into that. Yeah. So, I mean, you wrote a book at 19 years old. So obviously, what was your process? Were, I mean, you just writing? Were you shooting a lot of video, transcribing it? What was the process? 
I actually wrote it. Now, if I were to like my next book, I'm definitely going to do transcribing because it's way easier for me to talk uh, if, if the audience hasn't noticed yet <laughs> than it is for uh, writing. Like I'm not an introvert at all. Like writing was so difficult for me. But what I did is I actually I lived in an entrepreneur house uh, at the time. So it was like me and six other guys in Des Moines, Iowa, kind of random. And we lived in this big house that this guy who was already successful, he owned it and he was renting it to the other six of us. And we were all accountability partners. So we had like a Google Excel and each week we would put all the things that we were basically promising that we would get done by the end of the week. And uh, this is actually from the four hour work week. We had stakes and stuff too. So like if I said I would do something and I didn't do it, then I would have to do the dishes that week or like clean my friend's clothes or just do something I don't want to do. So it worked incredibly well. So each morning, one hour, first thing, coffee, and I would write one hour. And in a few months, I was able to finish the whole book just by that accountability and one hour every morning. But it was difficult and I'm not, a lot of caffeine. And I'm not going to lie, at the time, I was taking Adderall too. So it, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't the best uh, health conditions, I guess, but I got it done. <laughs> so, yeah. And then you got about 4,000 more done. So with, <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. with AI going on, transcription, and, and, and obviously the way AI interacts with um, video and then in helping you write, has that changed the process at all for you guys as to how you're help, helping authors write books? Uh, yeah. So basically, I, it's definitely going to interrupt the industry. I think it already has, and it's, it's only going to do that more so as it gets better and better. For us, some of our writers are just like implementing it in. Like we're not allowing or we're not like having AI do the whole thing. I don't think it's up to par for that quite yet. Although, you know, I've seen some pretty good AI written books. I'm not going to lie. So I, I guess in some sense it is, but our writers are more using it just as like a way to do things quicker. And it's just, it's kind of helping in some ways, but the scarier part I think is, you know, luckily we're, we're actually known in the industry as being the best at marketing books. We also do all the other things. But, you know, there's a lot of publishers, there's a lot of writers, there's very few good book marketing companies. So as far as we go, I, I, I think we'll be like, I think we'll be good just because that's our focus. But for companies, and we've already seen this, I think you had mentioned it too, for companies that their sole thing is just ghostwriting, you know, they're taking a hit. Like it's, and it's, I think it's going to get worse. So it's scary, you know, I guess for companies that are only focused on the writing side. Well, cause I mean, the main purpose for these books for a lot of these business people, isn't just having a book. It's having a book that does X, Y, and Z to grow your business and the marketing side, essentially. Exactly. That, that's actually most of our, our clients, right? Because the reality is to get rich off of book sales, it's very rare. Like I have a few friends that it's happened for, but like just in reality, right? Like if I look at the 4,000 plus clients we've had, there's maybe, I want to say 10 to 20 that have sold in the hundreds of thousands or millions, but it's more so that we launch it, make it a Wall Street Journal, New York Times bestseller. And then that book becomes like the centerpiece of their brand to funnel people into their business. And then they use like the bestseller brand for public speaking, PR, all these other opportunities, but it's more the back end, right? Like to get rich off book royalties, I, I would suggest another avenue, <laughs> honestly. For sure. And you're obviously launching other avenues as well, right? I mean, you've done the 4,000 books, you're marketing books, but it's really, it sounds like the referral partnerships that have guys. Actually, before we get to that, I do want to ask a question because a couple of my buddies and I have been thinking about writing a book 
we're thinking about going into the woods for a weekend and just because we're all podcast hosts and just interviewing each other for like 11 hours each over the course of a weekend to come out with a book. Is that, is that a decent strategy or would you do it? I think it, yeah, yeah. And then you transcribe it and then like, see here, here's the thing where like transcription and AI I think is helpful, but it doesn't complete the full picture yet is you could totally do that, get it transcribed. And then I would just hire like a really good editor. Like I always tell authors, like if there's one thing, like if you're on a budget and there's one thing to invest in, it's actually editing. Because the reality is, as good of marketing as we are, if the book isn't good, it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll see a big pop, you'll hit bestseller, and then it'll drop, right? So I would, yes, the, to answer your question, I love the idea, and I would just make sure you have a good editor to organize it all, and then you'll be good. Cool. So let's roll into the referral partnerships, because this is what's allowed you to explode. And you see companies that do this really, really well. It's obviously a much more cost-effective way to scale if you don't have to pay for customers, right? Because you do it through referral. So kind of take us into the strategy, the nuts and bolts. What did you guys do? How What did you do well in order to, to grow that way? So, so yeah, as I said before, we our main thing that we're known for is book marketing. So because of that, I identified, and I kind of did this not knowingly, right? It's just what had happened is I had tried Facebook ads, funnels, all that. And to be clear, all of that can obviously work. There's proof that it's worked for like some people out there, but it just wasn't working for me. So I finally gave up on that and I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is basically just relationship build at scale. So I started just reaching out to everyone and their mother. And then I started to get smarter and I started to, to target who I was actually connecting with. And what we came up with is for being a book marketing company mostly is book publishers, ghostwriters, editors, and PR agencies. Those four uh, types of people or companies, they were our best partners because they work basically with all authors. PR agencies work with other people, but a lot of times it's authors. The other three is only authors and they can't do what we do right? Like they can't get people on WSJ bestseller. And there's some other marketing things we do that they just don't do, or they can't do whatever it might be. They don't offer it. So we have just as an example, we literally have reached out to every book publishing company in the world that speaks English, every single one, unless they were built yesterday. And if so, we're going to reach out to them tomorrow. If I find out about it, like every single one. And here's kind of the more detailed or nuances of it is you reach out, our messaging says potential collaboration. I think there might be ways we can collaborate and then name and website at the bottom of the signature. We do it through website contact forms, cold emails, LinkedIn, Instagram, like everywhere. The, the key here though is that message, it's short, it perks curiosity and it like 40, 50% of the time gets a response. And the response normally is, Hey, like, tell me more. What did you have in mind? And then you can respond to that and say, well, I was thinking we could refer people to each other. If you're open to a short intro call, here's my link. Um, and that's really all it takes. But the, the key, the messaging, and then also the website contact forms, that's the biggest thing because everything else has limits. Like LinkedIn with sales nav, you can only do like a thousand messages a month, Facebook, like 50 a day and so on. So they all have limits. Website contact forms, no limit. You can reach out to a million a day if you wanted. No spam, no nothing. It's all clean and yeah, it's limitless. So that's really the key of it. Now, when you're saying website contact forms, you're talking about their website, not your website. 
Yeah, like, so I have, like, an army of virtual assistants that basically, so probably now 70, 80, I don't even know, like, near 100. And basically, they copy and paste the same, so they do data entry, find the contact form, and then fill it out and send it. And then I have about a dozen salespeople, and then they all get the responses and do the follow-up and then get the call booked. And then basically, it's like biz dev at scale. They build all the partnerships and then they handle all the sales calls and referrals and then close the deals, you know, at the end of the day. So let me make sure I understand this correctly. Your virtual assistants are handling your collaboration sales calls. No, no, no. They're, they're just doing the initial reach out. Um, So they're just doing that like potential collaboration. So they're doing the research and the reach out. And then I have like actual salespeople that are doing the partnership calls. It's just like a connection call to see if there's synergy and then that becomes their like account, if you will, or like their partner. And then they handle all the clients that come from that partner. Interesting. And so it's kind of like that becomes like a mini downline and so on and so forth. So once once you do the outbound message, you create the collaboration. Uh, how does that snowball from there? So let's say, you know, you you get John Doe in and let's say I'm your sales guy. I talk to John Doe. John is like, yeah, I'd love to be referral partners. What does the process look like between me and John Doe from there? Yeah. So I'll use an example of like, uh, one of, so book publishers are like definitely our number one partner. Like I'd say there's probably like five to 10 book publishers that make up like 50% of our revenue. Cause they're just like huge publishing companies and they just keep referring us so many authors for the bestseller stuff. So what happens is, um, let me just think. So Morgan James publishing, they're one of our bigger partners. Um, so I had met, uh, I had sent a message, me and David Hancock, the founder connected. So he's actually like on my account, if you will, he's one of my partners. Um, when I was doing this like seven years ago or something, we've been doing it for a while. And basically every time he has somebody, he refers them to me. I give him 20% commission of everything. Um, and then we close the deal. And just as soon as we get the payment, we send him his commission and then, you know, like we have partners that do six, seven figures a year just in commissions, you know? So, and our stuff's like high ticket anywhere from like 8,500 all the way to 500K. Like, so kind of a wide range, but 20% at those levels is a lot of money. So that's the motivator. And just to make this clear too. So, so that's like me, right? That's like clean cut. But for our salespeople, we give them for every partner they bring on, we give them 10% of everything that comes from that partner. So it's like really enticing for a salesperson because they could like build one relationship and then be paid for years off of everything they refer. And I have multiple salespeople that oh, that no is one. literally it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just one 20 minute call turns into six figures over a few years. It's like awesome. So yeah, that, that's how it works. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. 
The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Now, this sounds incredible. Uh, looking at this method, I'm sure there were some challenges to get through this, right? Whether it be on the author side, which was where you mastered it before now you're teaching it. But what were the challenges to get this model to work like it's working now? Yeah, really? So a couple of challenges. One is like duplicates. So like with the like right now we're doing over 10,000 reach outs a day for Authors Unite. So like we've actually and luckily we haven't had like many people that have gotten upset, but like we've definitely reached out to a few people like seven, eight times on accident, you know, like and what that really comes down to is like when you're doing 50,000 plus reach outs a week. You need to organize and you need to like keep track of who you're reaching out to so you don't piss a bunch of people off. Um, so that that was one thing. Second thing is like you definitely need like a CRM and software. Like I started out everything in like Google Excel sheets and stuff. And that, you know, you in once you get to the thousands, even in the hundreds, that's like not really doable. So we use uh, Pipedrive and HubSpot. Uh, for things and like Zapier. So we have a lot of like automations uh, and things like that, that make it actually maintainable at this level. Gotcha. Okay. So sorting out, make sure you're not emailing the same person twice or reaching out to them twice. Uh, anything in like the way that the salespeople continue to interact, like the, the salespeople is their only job really to conduct those sales calls, or is there a component of they have quarterly reach outs to their current clients? Like what's the mechanisms there? Like follow-up, basically, you yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, basically the follow-up is this. So based on how the call goes, this is what I tell all of our salespeople is depending on how the call goes, it, like if, if it's a really hot lead, uh, like partner that's like, you know, when they're on the call, like, hey, I think there's like 10 people I can refer to you right now. Um, then I'll tell the salesperson, like follow up with that person like once a week, you know, like do not let that person off the hook. They are ready to refer, like keep following up. But if it's like, Hey, maybe I got one or two people a year for you, follow up quarterly. And then if it's somebody in the middle, follow up monthly. So it kind of just, you know, you feel it out. It just depends on how much that person might refer. And then based on that is, you know, how you put into HubSpot, Zapier and Pipedrive on the follow up uh, sequence, if you will. And everything's templated, right? So Second message, third message, fourth message, it's all templatized, automated. Um, and so, so yeah, that's how it functions. How much do you attribute to your author's business success to the fact that you're one of the few that can do what you do? Like, so for people who are in industries where maybe that's not the case, right? Like real estate agents or, or even real estate coaches that coach real estate agents, where there's a lot of people that are very good at it. Does that change how things work there? Yeah. So that, that's the thing is, um, the first thing, and it's funny because it kind of goes along, it's kind of the rule of thumb for everything, like books, businesses, everything. Like if the product and service isn't good, then, you know, this obviously won't work because your referral partners will get pissed at you, <laughs> you know, like it just won't, it'll break down. But to answer your question, yes, like in the industry, there are only a cup, like literally maybe 
two that I can literally think of that can do what we do. But the thing is, these two that are on my mind, they don't even guarantee it. We are actually like the only one that guarantees these major lists. So the other thing too is not only if it's a good service or product, but the way it's positioned. So for example, uh, Wall Street Journal bestseller, we charge 60K for it and we only do wires, no credit because all the fees and everything. So for somebody to wire you 60K after, you know, it's a referral. So there's trust transferred, but you know, one phone call, it takes a lot of trust for somebody to do that. And even more when you get to the six figures. So like the reason is our agreement is like five sentences and it literally just says, we guarantee we will make you a Wall Street Journal bestseller. If we do not, we will refund you all your money. (laughs) Like it's worded a little better than that, but that's basically all it says. So I think it has to do with, we're basically the only ones that can do this. We guarantee it. All the testimonials, you know, like literally have over a thousand video testimonials. So it's, it, it almost becomes a thing where it's not even sales anymore. It's just like, do you want this? If you do, you know, we can do it. And so the only reason you wouldn't is if you don't have the money, there's really no other objection. So the other thing I would just say, and it's not really your question, but I think for a lot of entrepreneurs in the beginning, do your thing for free and get video testimonials and then use those because selling without testimonials is really hard. (laughs) Like, I remember those days. It was way easier to just help a few friends for free and then everything was much easier after that. Yeah, and you start stacking them. So you you have thousands of testimonials. So one question I have for you is, you know, so like in in our real estate business, we've served hundreds of clients and we have quite a few testimonials. Like how many testimonials do you typically choose to display now that you have, you know, over a thousand? Yeah, Uh, I think on our website, maybe we have like over a hundred if you add them all up. Like I think there's like, 30, 40 videos on there and then like uh, screenshots or whatever and stuff. Um, So yeah, I think it becomes a thing where I don't think there's ever too many, but if you put over a thousand on one page, first off, the loading speed on that page, if you have over a thousand videos, is going to be so slow. (laughs) So it's not even going to like work anyways. Um, Unless there's, I don't know, I guess maybe you could like pay for better something. I don't know the tech stuff behind it, but so I think there's like a balance. Like, you put enough that it's obvious that what you do, you can do it. And the testimonials too, it's not just about the amount, it's about how they are worded. Like we have a template even, we give our clients, it's like four questions. And it basically goes through like the hero's journey. Like what were you doing before? Um, How did you hear about us? Like, and then what was the transformation after working with us? So it's like them down here and then they meet us and then they're up here. So that kind of here... And then also, last thing I'll say is retargeting. So if you checked out our site, you probably have seen videos on Facebook and Instagram. That is key because when somebody clicks on our site, whether they're a potential partner or a client, they then see our video testimonials for months afterwards. And that is one of the best things. Dude, it costs like five, 10 bucks a day. Like it, it is worth every penny. I would pay, I would pay a thousand bucks a day for it, dude. So Facebook's undercharging me for that. But I, I think it's what I'm getting at here is it's about the amount, but it's also how you use them and what's actually said too. Yeah. So I love the fact that you talk about the retargeting ads because obviously, you know, the initial, so like, let's talk about the, the kind of the business element of this. You have 70 to 80, said maybe a hundred virtual assistants, right? Let's just assume yeah. for sake of argument, they're a thousand a month. Maybe they're more, maybe they're less. That's like 
almost a million dollars a year in VAs, which is kind of your ad budget, right? Like, what do you think it would cost you in ad spend to do the same thing? Yeah, dude, that's actually literally how I view it is this is like my ad budget. And to me, I mean, dude, see Facebook ads from my experience, and I've hired so many SEO agencies, Facebook ad agencies, Google ads, you name it, I have tried it. And it's so unpredictable and there's no guarantees. And I think honestly with the SEO agencies, I don't even think they were doing anything half the time. Like literally six months go by, my page is not ranking at like nothing happened. So I don't know if they just took the money or what, but with this, it's all very trackable and predictable. It's like you can literally, it gets to a point where you're like, okay, for every hundred reach outs, I get 20 calls and I get two sales. So then you can stop focusing on the sales and you can just focus on the easy thing, which is reach outs. And you just, the more you do of that, the more your business grows. So that's what I love about this method is it's like, it's just numbers, volume. And again, obviously good product, how you speak to the people that matters. But once you do it enough, it's the more you put in, the more you get out. And with Facebook ads, it's not that like, they're always changing the algorithm, how it works. It's like, I don't want my business to be dependent upon another platform it's just, to me, it's crazy, but I know for some people they made tons of money. So I don't want to say it doesn't work. It's just, it's, I don't like it. It's unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. We, it's surprising how similar we are. And, and, and I'll share a little bit with you offline, but, but we yeah. are not spending very much money on the ad platforms and we have a crazy outbound team amongst our virtuals as well. So like I'm oh, really resonating with what you're talking about. So awesome. when to you was kind of the pivot, was it like, you know, you kind of mentioned pre-show where you're like, we hit six, seven, six figures, seven figures, and then we hit eight figures. And then I finally looked at the dashboard, but like, was it just like money became no object? And then you started looking out at these other business opportunities or like, where was the shift for you? Yeah, I think, um, so a couple shifts, right? I mean, the first shift was like, we were hovering at six figures pretty much from the start. We were at six figures for multiple years. And it was honestly, it was just because like, you know, you used to get a lot more reach on Facebook organically. And like, I was so young, even just in my hometown, like it was, it kind of went like viral in my hometown. Like people thought I was like dropped out and was like on drugs or something. And then like three months later, I'm a best-selling author. So it was really, I was getting business just organically from people talking, I think, and, and some of my public speaking uh, gigs. But then the shift um, to seven figures was then, you know, starting to do reach outs online. And then the eight figure shift was like realizing, okay, if I, once I realized that like one publisher was worth over a million dollars to me, I was like, if I want to get to 20 million a year, I only need to find 19 more of this guy. And then it just became like a hunt of finding 19 more of this individual. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Does that answer the question or can you read? I just want to make sure I'm answering the question. Yeah. 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 So, so you, hit, you hit that, you hit that goal of 20. Right. And then at, because that was kind of the moment of clarity, but then it was like, when was the point of reflection where you oh. realized like, this is what got me here. Yeah. Yeah. Th that was when I, I noticed that like one of my publishing partners was worth over a million a year to me. So that was yeah. that reflection. But then with hiring all the VAs and everything, it, it kind of becomes that thing where, you know, what got you here won't get you there. And so now where I'm, I'm at in the business is, I only really do stuff like one day a week on the actual business. And then other, like my infinite partnership system, I do that on the other days. And then really I'm heavily focused on investing now. Like that's really my core focus. But 
you know, to do that, you need to have a different mindset because what gets you to seven figures does not get you to eight. And what gets you to eight does not get you to nine, like definitely. And I, I'm not at nine yet, so I don't know. But my assumption is I need to hire more people and I really need to be like higher level thinking, working on the business and really need to get out of the day to day. So that's where my mind's at all the time now is I'm like, how can I keep gaining more time by getting out of the business, focus on investing and multiplying the business. And to do that, you can't be stuck within it, you know? So that's kind of where I'm currently at. When you talk about investing, where do you see that heading? Is that real estate investing? Is that other types of investing? Oh, dude, I have so many different investments. It's great. I actually just invested in art uh, recently. You know, the platform Masterworks. Um, I don't know if you ever, so yeah, I just invested in two art pieces there. I invest in wine, whiskey, art, real estate, multifamily, section eight, stocks, bonds. I do a lot of interest loans. I have a lot of friends in real estate. So sometimes I get involved as like a part owner. And then in other times I'll just like fund the whole deal and they'll pay me like 15% interest uh, on a yearly or quarterly sometimes. Um, Last thing I'll say, I actually have a guy in Miami uh, this is the bet, dude, literally, um, this is going to sound like it's not true, but it's just the reality. So, uh, anywhere from 40 to 80% returns, this is what it is. So he, he, in Miami, he runs a liquor business. So he supplies like all of like that, most of the, like the well liquors for all the local restaurants. So, uh, he'll get like a purchase order. Right. And the way it, apparently the way it works in the liquor business, or at least the way he functions is the purchase order comes in, but then they don't actually like it doesn't clear or they don't like pay until the liquors at actually delivered so there's like an upfront cost so i'll give and his margins are so high so i'll front him like 100k and then 90 days later he just gives me 120 you know so it's literally 80 if you look at it yearly it's 80 percent return so i do deals with him like that all the time and you can't find anything better than that. I mean, that's freaking nuts. You know, so I do that. All, I'm like, whenever you have an order, call me. I, you know, yes. hundred K in your account next, next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, here you go. So that's amazing. Yeah. Gosh, man, that's so cool. Um, what is your, I mean, obviously you're, you're starting to really work on the infinite uh, referral partnership system. So, but, but talk to me about like, what's your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? Um, I mean, for the business, I really, you know, obviously I really want to get it to nine figures a year. So I think we'll get there. Pro- I don't know. My guess is three to five years. I, I would like to say three, but you know, you never it could take five. I don't, it would be literally like five Xing the business, which is, it's a lot. So I don't know. That's the main money goal. But also I think for me, where I'm at is it's, it was always about freedom and I've already kind of achieved that. So it's like, I'm, I'm content, but I'm also, you know, there's always that drive and I'm only 31. So it's like, you know, I tried like a little mini retirement thing and I was like not happy. So I, I, I will always work regardless of the amount of money I have. It's just, I actually enjoy it. So yeah, I think just having more fun and then, you know, the part of the fun is trying to get to that nine figure and then maybe get to the B, but with the book industry, you know how things are happening. I think we have another yeah. solid five years, maybe 10, but maybe infinite partnership system is the thing that gets me to that to higher levels, you know? 
Incredible. Well, Tyler, thank you so so much for coming on, sharing about your life and business. For those of you out there listening, write down something you learned, maybe how to build an eight-figure heading to nine-figure business off of referral partnerships and VAs and strategic processes. Maybe there's something else you picked up from this episode. Write it down, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 